Are you using the timeshare much or do you find that you're not using it as much as you thought you'd use it? I don't use yeah, it. Yeah, we're not using it at all. Nobody's using the, the timeshare. Okay, so this is kind of the timeshare uh, journey. It sounds so good when they're pitching it to you. How can you go wrong? This is the plaintiff, Robin Costa. She says the defendant is her younger sister, and they purchased the timeshare at Disney World together and were supposed to share the monthly costs. Unfortunately, her sister fell four months behind, and she had to pay it out of her own pocket, and her sweet sister refuses to reimburse her. She's suing for $953.28, the amount she's owed. This is the defendant, Karen Costa. She says she was shocked when she found out it was the plaintiff who wasn't paying for the timeshare. She was paying for the plaintiff's share. She was pocketing the money for the past four months, and she's outraged. She doesn't need this negative energy. Her sister has some nerves suing her when she's the thief, and she owes nothing. She's accused of Mickey Mousing around. All parties, please use your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. All right, I'm gonna call you ladies Robin and Karen, Ms. Robin and Ms. Karen, because if I say Ms. Costa, no one knows who I'm talking to. Now, you ladies <laughs> are sisters, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. And at, at some fine point, decide that it would be just peachy keen to have a timeshare in Disney World. What year did you guys decide to go in on a timeshare in Disney World in Florida? In 2017. Okay. And so as the years go by, everything is fine between you. Uh, are you using the timeshare much or do you find that you're not using it as much as you thought you'd use it? I don't use yeah, it. Yeah, we're not using it at all. Nobody's using the, the timeshare. Okay. So this is kind of the timeshare uh, journey. It sounds so good when they're pitching it to you. How can you go wrong? And then at some point, I guess it works for some people, but it's few and far between who it works for. I get it. Been there, done that, been bitten by that dog. So now, here we are in January of 2020. And Ms. Karen, you have been faithfully paying your half, right? Yes. And in January of 2020, what do you find out? Uh, January 15th, I called to find out what was going on with the timeshare because they called, they was calling me. So I said, well, let me call them back. So I asked them what was going on. So they, they said they was trying to find out why a payment wasn't made since September of 2019. Meaning October, November, and December, because their last payment had yes. been in September. So for three months, yes. they hadn't received a payment. Now, Ms. Karen, you had been sending your half to your sister, Ms. Robin, right? Yes. How were you sending it? By check? Were you giving her cash? What were you doing? I was giving her hand-to-hand -hand cash. No receipt, no nothing. Okay. Just giving her hand-to-hand -hand cash. Okay. And Ms. Robin, you don't deny that she was giving you the cash, right? 
No, I don't deny. She had, she was. And then the way you set up the payment is that you would have the amount every month, $211 and something cents, automatically deducted from your bank account, correct? Yes. And that's how it had worked since 2017. Right. Well, it was working that way and because because she was always late with giving me the money, I would get insufficient funds. So I had asked the bank to stop um, making payments before the ninth of the month. And they told me that they couldn't do that. So when you say I, the yeah, I they can't do that. You're talking about hold on one second. Let me see what you're saying. You didn't want the timeshare bill to come in early, but the bank is in control of that. You got to tell the timeshare that. So what is it you did? You told the bank stop auto payments? No. Um, what I did was I, I would transfer the money out that was any over money that I had for my bills. I would transfer it into my savings account. When I know, but what do you think was going to happen? Unless if you don't change the monthly payment date, then the, the timeshare is going to bill your account and find that it's not getting money. I mean, there's going to be a problem. I didn't have an idea when she would pay me. She was paying late all the time, so. Okay, but uh, Ms. Robin, Ms. Karen paid October, November, and December. She gave you the cash for those three months. What did you yes, do she, yes, she to did. make sure that the timeshare got paid? Because you didn't pay your half, and you didn't give the timeshare her half, did you? You just kept her half. No, That's no, why no. she's angry. No, no, no. I did not keep her half. I was thinking that the bill was being paid because there was enough money, but the bank stopped paying. The bank stopped. Yeah, but the bank, the bank can only stop paying. paying an automatic payment if you tell them to stop paying an automatic payment. Right. I did. At one point, I did tell them to stop making the automatic payment. But then you have to remember um, to make the payment. If the bank isn't paying and she's paying you, then you, Ms. Robin, have to pay the timeshare. If you're not paying the timeshare, right. that's why this happened. I did pay it. Oh, I you did, did but you did. Hold on one second. You didn't figure it out and take care of it in October, October, but you took her money. You didn't figure it out and take care of it in November, but you took her money. And you didn't figure it out and take care of it in December, but you took her half. And then come January, she gets letters or she gets phone calls and she figures out what's happening. And can you blame her for being angry when you tell her, oh, that's a mix up from the bank? Is it really? I don't know. I think maybe you were stopping the payment from coming in early. You don't want that. But then you didn't make the, the, the effort to get it paid up. Now, have you, Ms. Karen, paid a penny in 2020? No, I have not. Have you used the place in 2020? No, I have not. When was the last time you used the place? I do not use the place. I do not travel. I do not like to travel. When was the last time? Well, why were you buying a timeshare in Florida if you don't like to travel? What's wrong with you? So when was the because last time you used the place? I did. I didn't. I don't use it. I don't use it. That was my first time ever when? on a plane going with my kids. Oh wait! So I've never been on a plane. You listen to the pitch. You love the pitch. You said I'm in, and then you never used it. Did your family use it? Well, my intentions was for us to use it, my immediate family to use it, but I never used it. Oh, so this is just a bad investment. It, was, it works it for was some people. To be a it works for some it people, but it doesn't work for others. And it is very evident that Ms. Robin and Ms. Karen are two people who live in New York and aren't going to get down there. There are things you can do to try to get rid of this timeshare, and I think that it would be a very good idea for you guys to get rid of the timeshare, especially if after all these right. years, the stupid timeshare is affecting a relationship between two sisters who were so close that you traveled together 
on the very first time Miss Karen ever got in a plane, according to her. Now, let's see what kind of things have happened since October, because I think, tell me if I'm correct, Miss Karen, that you feel that your sister is stealing money from you and you're mad. And I feel, Ms. Robin, that Ms. Karen doesn't understand that you have spent 2020 catching up. Because if you haven't been in communication with the timeshare, Ms. Karen, then you don't understand what she's been doing. Ms. Robin, according to all the records I'm looking at, you have virtually caught up to June, correct? Yes. Ms. Karen, did you know that? That she was paying not only everything that was owed October, November, December, but that she was paying your half since January of 2020, because you weren't paying it. No, I did not know that because when she, when when I told her about the situation for October, November, December, I told her she wasn't getting anything. So I had proof. Show me proof that you was making payment. That, that's why I I refused not to pay anything come January to now. And I said, show me proof because when I told her I paid you and. I didn't receive or hear anything from her. All she really had to do was talk to me, negotiate with me as a sister. We didn't, it never had to come to this point where we had to do it like this. That's all she had to do. But I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything, no proof. So this is where it ends up. Well, right let here. me ask you, Ms. Robin, when you were making all these payments that I see that you made, did you ever show them to your sister? Because she didn't do it in all in one payment. So I'm asking you, Ms. Robin, did you ever show it to your sister? I texted her no. to tell her that there was a mis I had no idea that it wasn't me. I'm thinking that the bank was making the payments. I spoke with collections and they, they explained to me what I needed to do in order to get this account out of collections. My question to you, Ms. Robin, is a simple one. Did you or didn't you show the proof to Ms. Karen that you paid? I did not. I, I did not show her because when I texted This is what we call the anatomy of a lawsuit. I am going to show you the precise moment that could have stopped you two from coming here today. I see it now. It's a pleasure for me to meet you. I got to be here anyway, but I'm going to tell you exactly where things went wrong. Ms. Karen has an absolute right to be angry because you're taking her money and you're not seeing to it that you're doing your part. With whatever it is that changed in the bank, it's on you, it's your bank. When she's mad at you, you actually fix it. I know she did, because I have painstakingly gone through the payments. I see the evidence from Westbrook. But, Ms. Robin, where this lawsuit happened is where every time you paid Westbrook, you should have been alerting Ms. Karen each time that you paid. Because if you had done that, she would have seen Oh, gosh, she is paying. She's trying to make it good. She's bringing down the bill. And then there wouldn't have been this hurt that Ms. Karen thinks she's totally justified in. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Not only has she paid the arrears, but now you owe her money because now she's been paying 
up to June, she is current except for like $23, which I'll put into the math now. But based on what I'm looking at, she's been paying hers and yours to make up for it. So when I do all that math, what I come up with, Ms. Karen, your payment, which is $105.92, times six, and that comes up to $635.52, minus this little $23 that she hasn't caught up, and that leaves you with a deficit that you've got to pay to catch up because she's paid your part, and that deficit is of $612.23. That is going to be my verdict, that you have to pay that to get it up to June. Let me tell you the big problem. The big problem for me is that two beautiful sisters who had such a good relationship that you guys traveled together and wanted to be together and have this time share together and make an investment together have fallen down the wayside over this debt. Fix it. Fix it. Do, do you understand why she didn't trust you? It's reasonable. You hear me now telling you, I've seen all the evidence that she made good not only on the part she was in deficit, but on all of your payments for the whole year. Okay? Fix it. Because now we know that neither one of you was consciously or deliberately trying to hurt their sister. Don't let the stupid timeshare get in between the two of you, okay? As for this lawsuit, my ruling is in favor of the plaintiff in the amount of the $612.23, which represents what you have to pay for 2020 to catch up, Ms. Karen. All right, folks, good luck to you. Thank you. Well, in a rather amazing case, the judge just gave these two sisters some very good advice. Let's start first with Karen, the defender, Karen Costa. Karen, what do you think about what the judge just had to say? I agree with her. She's right. She's right. I do owe her because it was a lack of trust on her on my sister's behalf, though. But she's right because I didn't pay anything. And I will. I am going to pay her, but I'm on a fixed income. I'm, I'm getting widow's pension, so she's going to have to get something monthly. That's what I, I will, I'm willing to pay. Do you think this will help you get back together in communication with, with your sister? I mean, you were very close. You can do it again, don't you think? Yes. Yes, I, yes we can. Blood is always thicker than, that, this, than this. Of course, we can definitely get back to being siblings like we were. Well, I certainly hope so. And you're right. Blood is thicker than water. All right. Robin, you heard what your sister said. How do you feel about uh, the outcome of the case? She knows she owes you the $600. But more importantly, yes. it's a relationship. How, how, about, how about that? Um, like, I never felt like that wasn't my sister. I know she was angry. And, you know, once the judge pointed out that I could have just reached out to her in a different way and just said, listen, I paid it. Then maybe things would be better. But when I did text her, she was like, I don't want to hear it. I'm, um, I'm not giving you anything because you haven't been paid. But that was not the case. But um, I think the judge was fair in, you know, in her assessment of what, what's going on between us and that we should get back as sisters. You know, that's my sister. We'll always be sisters. So, you know, I love my family. I don't, I don't want any animosity between us. Listen, good luck to both of you, all right? Uh, thank you very much, and congratulations, Robin. Okay, now let's join the judges for another session of After the Verdict. Well, when it comes to timeshares, it seems it's a lot easier to get in than it is to get out, wouldn't you say? I would. <laughs> and, and it's unfortunate that this turned into a, a money fight between siblings, and let's hope that they can patch it up and that this is the first step to healing that whole thing. But at the end of the day, 
they're depreciating investments. And unless you're really going to use it, unless you know you're going to go religiously every year and use that week or two weeks or whatever you've got, maybe not the wisest investment. I don't think so, because I know that you and I have been burned on this before, but, you know, um, you know, they work for some people. I know mm -hmm. that, but they uh, they don't work for everybody. You really got if it's the first time you've been in an airplane. Right. It's probably not going to work for you. Right. And, and they, they kind of I want I don't want to say totally high pressure, but they kind of their pitch is very oh, seductive. They're, they're, they're smooth. Seductive. I remember when I was a kid, the first time we took a vacation, a real vacation, because we would go camping. We really couldn't afford hotels. But my parents scraped together some money, and we took a real vacation to Florida. And I remember we had enough money to stay one night in a nice hotel on the beach, okay, or nice enough on the beach. And the other four nights, we stayed in something really, really crappy where they probably read it by the hour, five <laughs> miles away, right? And I remember when we were in that hotel, in the lobby, there was a real estate company pitching like lots or some kind of real estate. And my father saw a sign that said free steak dinner for the family. So we all went. All five of us had a nice steak dinner. And my dad was working in a steel mill at the time. And I remember the salesman coming up to him and saying, well, uh, Mr. Schlesinger, tell me what you do for a living. And he looks the guy in the eye and he says, I'm in steel. <laughs> Dead serious, right? But the long and short is he could never have afforded to buy a lot or anything, but we got the same But he had the good sense to walk away. Right, exactly. Right. So. Um, it's, it, but I remember when you and I, when the kids were little, in fact, I don't even think we had Sophie. We just had uh, Christy and Alex, or maybe just even Christy. We were in Disney or somewhere. And yeah, we it was were a so Disney timeshare. And we were like, oh, we're going to get this free weekend. This is going to be awesome. Right. And we get the free weekend, and we're like, all we got to do is sit through an hour. And right. by the end of the hour, we were ready to sign. We had to right. smack ourselves into submission because we knew we're, we're not going to use it, you know? Right. And again, they're, they're good for some people, and they're yeah. good for people who are going to use them religiously. If not, you're going to find yourself paying maintenance fees and, you know, banking that. that I think the takeaway in terms of the relationship between these two sisters and, and, and really the relationship between people who know each other and have hurt each other and every, no, there was a certain distrust which was completely understandable on the part of the defendant right. and what you have to do when someone is no longer trusting you is prove to them they could trust you again absolutely and they really just like the defendant said they didn't have to end up here if the plaintiff had just sat down and said to her look sh let me show you what I've been doing I think they could have worked it out among themselves and I really really hope that they will be able to now so Raj wants to know are there any exceptions to the as-is rule in the purchase of a used car. Yes, Raj, there is one big exception, and that exception is fraud. That if you can prove that the person who sold it to you um, left out a material fact or lied about something, and you can prove fraud, you can get out from under the as is. And that will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case, Inside the Courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Denise Petrillo. She said she had a leak coming through the bathroom ceiling of a condo she rents out. And the defendants did nothing to correct the plumbing problems from the unit above hers, which caused all the problems. She was forced to hire her own repairman to fix the ceiling tiles in her unit. The defendants refused to repair the upstairs issues for four months, and she sued them for the $5,000 she certainly owed for their outrageous behavior. These are the defendants, Ellen Barbarino and John Malik. 
Allen says he and the owner, John, worked to resolve the plumbing issues in John's bathroom, which is located above the plaintiff's. The repairs were made expeditiously, and he finds it funny this plaintiff is suing them for $5,000 when they did exactly what they were supposed to. They're accused of being all wet. All parties, please get your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff is suing the defendants, claiming that they had a leak in their apartment above her, and all of a sudden, water started coming down from her ceiling into her place, damaging it. But the defendants say they responded as fast as humanly possible and fixed the leak, so they owe nothing. It's the case of being all wet. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Ms. Petrillo, how are you today? Fine, how are you? Good, thank you. So you uh, own an apartment. What's the uh, number for that apartment? Um, C10. Okay, and then right above you on C20, Mr. Malik, I believe, how are you today? I believe you I'm own fine. the apartment. How are you? Good, thank you. Right above C10, you own C20, correct? That is correct. Do you live there or you rent it out? I rent it out. Okay. And you also rent it out, right, Ms. Petrillo? Yes, I do. Okay, so you get a phone call from your tenant or text from your tenant that says, hey, there's a leak coming from up above the shower. And what do you do? So on February 26th, I contacted the board, property management, and John. Okay, so uh, Mr. Malik, when do you learn that there's a leak coming? Does uh, Mr. Barbarino from the management company call you or what? Yes. When did he notify you? Um, I don't know the exact date, but it was somewhere around the end of February or the first couple of days in March. I do know that on March 4th, I sent uh, an email to Barbarino, Steve Goldberg, and I believe Denise saying that I checked out my unit and that the water was not coming from my fixtures in my unit, but it was coming from uh, the waste pipe below my bathtub between the two units. Okay, well, so how did you March conclude 4th. all those things? I submitted a picture, which you should have, which shows the old waste pipe uh, above Denise's ceiling leaking. Okay, so the waste pipe is something that you can see above ground. How is it you're able to picture this waste pipe? Where is that? Denise has a false ceiling. She has a drop ceiling in her bathroom, so all you have to do is pop out the tile. So we see, I have a picture of that waste pipe, and it looks to me certainly like there is a leak there. So you alert Mr. Barbarino to that and tell them this is a common area homeowners association issue, correct? That is correct. Okay. Mr. Barbarino. Yes. So he, he sends you that email on March 4th, and what do you do? Um, so I think at that point we sent, uh, we, we sent a plumber down. On what date did the plumber go out there? So I'd like to defer to my witness. Put your witness on. Hi, what's your name? Steven Goldberg. And what is your position? President of the Condo Association. Do you, rem do you actually have a specific, specific recollection of what day the plumber came? I recall it to be around three days after the date that Denise okay. had notified us. Your Honor, I could shed some Let light me on this. Go ahead. Uh, I submitted as evidence a copy of the invoice from the plumber with date April 13th. So obviously the work was completed by then. That is a plumber invoice for $279.34, correct? That is correct. Okay, and did that plumber then on the 16th of March 
fix that waste pipe. Yes, he did. And you have a picture of the new pipe. Yes, I do. All right. So then when is the next time that, uh, Ms. Petrillo, according to you, there's a continued problem? Okay. I have March 19th. The water is dripping, and it is dripping from upstairs. So the way you learn, hold on, your tenant sends you a text on March 19th, just a few days later, showing you that uh, the water is dripping. So what did you do? I sent an email to Alan Barbarino. When did you send the email to Mr. Barbarino? Okay, it looks like on March 20th. Okay, and then what happens? Nothing. So I'm, I'm looking, hold on one second because I want to see the March email. You reach out to them on March 22nd saying, Alan, it is getting worse. Steve and the plumber are aware. And you send a picture. And there's no communication by email in between those dates. Uh, Mr. Barbarino, what happened between March 20th and April, the next email that I have? So... One of the things you have to understand about 50-year-old buildings that sometimes it's a trial and error trying to fix these things. No, I understand that. That's why I have to see the trial and error. That's why I asked you, and if you don't know, I will refer to Mr. Malik. Back to you. Okay, do you know what, if anything, happened between March 20th and April 23rd, or would it be fair to say, not your problem, because it was a waste pipe? No, I was, uh, I went over there sometime, I don't know the exact date, sometime the end of March, early April, and okay. when I was when I was notified that you know water had leaked, what I found out was my tenant took a shower and inadvertently somehow left the shower curtain outside the bathtub instead of in the bathtub, and so that okay. Video so this was that, a second leak that was caused by a different issue. Correct. It was a one-time occurrence when that video was taken. Okay. And in fact, I see a text from your tenant to you, Ms. Petrillo, that says, hi, so John just left here. He says the ceiling tile is bone dry, so it may be from the tenant upstairs not pulling the shower curtain all the way. On April 20th, she says, listen, this tile is still wet in the center, so there's still a leak coming. You send that on April 20th to Alan, and what happens, Ms. Petrillo? Then I find out that they're going to speak to Steve about getting tiles for the drop ceiling. Right, but there's still a leak. So, Mr. Malik, let me ask you a question. Did you ever end up going back into the tenant's place in late April when she says, hey, it's still leaking, which I think is a third time, did you ever go over there and take a look to see what's going on? I did. I ran the water upstairs and, and for a long time to make sure that there was no drips I could see. And I went up, I made arrangements to go to my unit the next day and I recalked around the bathtub, you know, my my guess at that time, not seeing any obvious leaks, that when someone's sitting in the bathtub, standing there taking a shower, water bumps them off, off them, they're maybe somehow getting downstairs. So I recalked the, along the bathtub, which I submitted a picture to you, and I checked the ceramic tiles. Is this it? Correct. Okay. Caulking is not your day job, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I don't get. Here's a picture of the tenant showing you all the mold growing on the ceiling tile. These things are six bucks at Home Depot. Why doesn't somebody mm-hmm. go to Home Depot, buy these, pop them out, and put new ones so she's not breathing in the mold? No, I didn't mind doing it. I didn't mind doing it at all. As a matter of fact, I called okay. on the 29th. What's going on? 
I didn't get any response, so I just called a, a contractor and I told him, please go over, do the job. And then the contractor charged her $165 to replace these, these tiles. Can I ask everybody on the defendant's side a question? Mr. Barbarino or Mr. Goldberg, can you tell me why between May 8th and June 7th, nobody went over there to just pop out those $6 ceiling tiles and replace it so that poor tenant and her roommate didn't have to smell and look at mold and it finally got so bad that the thing actually deteriorated. At our condo complex, we do not have a maintenance man on staff. We only use subcontractors. So we had to then have Denise have a contractor and reimburse her since there's nobody else that's gonna do it. Same thing, the property manager. Ms. Petrillo, address what Mr. Goldberg is saying. He's saying that they'll reimburse you, but it was your job to do it. Do you have an email or do you have a text from anybody where someone from management was saying, we'll take care of that? Yes, I have an I have a, um, email from uh, Diane telling me that um, Steve was working on getting the tiles, and that was on May 21st. On May 29th, I said to her, what's going on with the tiles? On June 1st, she told me that she's checking on it. And on June 3rd, I had just had enough of it. And I said, I'll right. look for someone to do it. And I didn't right. want my okay. breathing all this in. No, right, Mr. Goldberg. Why doesn't anybody replace these, this lady's ceiling tiles between March 8th and June 7th? What's it matter? She hired a contractor and we reimbursed. We don't have contractors. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you what, what's it matter. Her entire lawsuit is based on you guys dragging your feet. That a problem happened in late February and it was June and you said you were going to fix the tiles and you didn't. And therefore her tenant had to live with mold. So that's why you got sued. That's why it, she says it matters. But by the way, is it fixed now? The leak isn't fixed, but the um, what do you mean it's not fixed? No, we still have we still have stains. Mr. Uh, John came by and he painted it, but he didn't treat it. Mr. Barbarino, talk to me and tell me what what do you think is the continued problem here? If there's still moisture, and what are we going to do about it? So sometimes what happens in these buildings, the pipes do start to condense in the warmer weather. Um, the other situation that we have here is that we have a tenant upstairs um, who sometimes lets water on the floor as a result of not putting a shower curtain or something out. Happens quite frequently. It's hard to believe. So, you know, I think the plumbing issue was settled because, and I think actually, quite honestly, this is going to be an ongoing problem with the tenant's behavior upstairs. So I don't know. I think we've solved the plumbing problem. So if I read you correctly, you feel you've solved the waste pipe issue and this is a tenant issue. And if I read Mr. Malik correctly, he feels that he's educated his tenant and that uh, it could be condensation. But the only people who keep suffering is your tenant. Which brings me to my next question, Ms. Petrillo. How is it that you are suing for 5000 What You're suing for punitive damages because what? Because Mr. Barbarino ignored your bill for two months and didn't pay it. I mean, that's not very nice, but how does that translate to $5,000 for you? I, you don't even live there. It's a tenant who lives there. <laughs> I never submitted a bill. I just took it upon myself Wait, what? to go ahead and do it. If you didn't submit a bill, how are they going to pay you? I wasn't going after them for this payment. I was waiting to see what would happen with my, ten with my tenant's ceiling.
Ms. Petrillo, what is happening with your tenant ceiling? Answer my question. What is happening? Is your tenant there or no? Yes, she's right here. She's she's my witness. Bring, bring fact, me your tenant. Bring me your tenant. Right. Switch places with her. All right, darling. What's your name? Jessica Pruitt. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good, ma'am. Here is the pleasure of my bailiff's company. <laughs> All right, let me get you to raise your right hand, please. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So I'll help you, God. Yes. Your Honor. All right. Um, I'm going to need you to tell me, is that leak fixed now or isn't it? As of right now, that leak is not fixed. As of June 9th, I sent my landlord pictures um, of the leak still coming, you know, the water stain still coming down on the tile. Do you actually see water dripping since June 9th? As of June 9th, I have not seen water dripping because the tenants have not been upstairs. They haven't been living upstairs. Oh, good. They're gone, Mr. Malik? They're not 100% no, gone, but they haven't been there for about... I'm sorry, Mr. Malik, is that tenant last... gone or no? No, they still live there. Okay. You, so just so we... Because I'd like to, the problem to get solved, right? That's the most important thing. So the water stain is growing, but since June 9th, you have not seen any more water dripping. Would that be correct? Not coming through the ceiling tile. Correct. Yes, ma'am. Is it coming from somewhere else? You can hear it hitting the ceiling tile. You hear that when the shower's going? When they're taking or a shower. Or you, you hear that all the time? When they're taking a shower. Mr. Malik, that doesn't tell us whether it's your tenants who refuse to put the uh, shower curtain on the inside of the tub or whether it's the repair that didn't work, or whether it's condensation, and it's a problem that everyone in that building's gonna have. That doesn't answer for us what the problem is, does it? No, until I have a chance to make arrangements to go back over there and- Yeah, make a chance, okay? I'm gonna need, I need Mr. Barbarino and you to listen carefully to what I'm gonna tell you. I know what old buildings are like. I come from a long family of building owners and contractors. I know that it is not snap your fingers and you get a solution. I get it, okay? But also, as I look at the trajectory of this case, there are several instances where it seems like, you know, maybe things could have happened quicker. Now, according to the tenant, there is a continued issue and the water stains keep expanding. And I don't know whether it is, as Mr. Barbarino says, a tenant-driven issue because your tenant won't put the shower curtain in, or, as Mr. Malik says, somebody has to go look at the pipe. Let me make a suggestion, Mr. Malik. It might be in your interest to go down there and look at the pipe, and let me make a, a direct order, Mr. Barbarino, that you, as property manager, somebody needs to go down there, turn the shower on, and see why she's hearing drip, drip, okay? Got it. Because yep, this good. is a manageable issue. Even in an old building, it's a manageable issue. Now, Ms. Petrillo, I see that you have filed the lawsuit for $5,000 in punitive damages for them to pay you because of all of the, well, I guess, because the problem still isn't fixed. I understand that you are frustrated. I am not gonna order them to pay you $5,000 because the problem is not fixed. I am gonna order the management company to pay the $169.95 the real issue, though, is this. We're still hearing a drip. There's still going to be continued problem. And at some point, patience has run thin. And that is why you've been sued up with punitive damages. So although I'm not going to order it now, here's what is going to happen. I am going to delay my verdict for 30 days on punitives. 30 days should be plenty of time to get this done. Mr. Barbarino, you would agree with me that five months should do it, right? 
Certainly. Hopefully. Okay. So I will get submissions from all parties in 30 days about how this has ended up being resolved, and I will make my verdict then on the issue of punitives. But I anticipate 100% that I will not have to, because I anticipate that these fine men are going to take care of the problem, and they're going to work on this together. Okay, that's my verdict. But in the meantime, the 169.95, absolutely, and your court costs are going to be reimbursed to you, and then I'll rule on punitives in 30 days. Thank you. So the plaintiff prevails on her damages, the $169. The rest of it, the punitive damages, we'll have to know in 30 days. Let me ask you, Mr. Barbarino, you've heard what the judge has said that you guys have to do. Uh, you said you would go in there and, and try and figure it out. You're going to do that? Sure. These are not easy things to figure out in these old buildings. Uh, like we said, it could be condensation. It could be a tenant issue. You know, the smoking gun was that sewer pipe, and we took care of it. All right. Let me talk to Ms. Petrillo now. Ms. Petrillo, you understand the judge's verdict? You got to submit yes, a bill yet. Apparently, you haven't done that. You going to do it? No, because, I, oh, I'll submit a bill, but it, the 169 wasn't important. What was important was that it was repaired. All right. I know you have a dilemma there, but uh, hopefully it'll get worked out, and we'll find out in 30 days whether you get any punitive damages. I mean, you're wanting $5,000. That's a lot of money. You know that. Well, I had to worry about my tenants. I had to worry about the ceiling falling. I mean, there were a lot of things going on. And I, I just had my fill of it. And sometimes you have to do this in order for people to pay attention to you. Well, I think you got their attention paid, for sure. Congratulations. And that'll do it for this case. Let's join now the judges for another session of After the Verdict. When you have litigation involving condominiums and condo leaks, sometimes it can be this maelstrom of all these different parties and factors. And you could spend a lot of time as a judge or as a jury trying to figure out who's at fault. Sometimes you'll have these cases where you have owner A in one level, owner B beneath that level, the association that's responsible for common areas. Sometimes they'll plead in the builder, the architect, the engineer, and they're all pointing the fingers at each other. Your fault. No, your fault. If no, I recall fault. correctly, that's when you and I stopped living in condos when we first got yes, married because yes. you said, I've if had it. Yes. I want one person responsible right. for everything. If you are fortunate enough to be able to, to, to buy a home or live in a condo, or rent a home. it's something to think about yeah. because these kinds of cases, and that's usually step A, you were able to get past that pretty quickly because you were able to sort out where the source of the leak was coming from. Except so, that I think that there was a, a second source of a second leak right. with the tenant and, and, right. the, and the tenant's behavior and not putting people's, you know, you're raising a barn if you don't understand that you, you especially after they tell you a hundred times, listen, outside. you're causing grief right. to the person downstairs. I mean, you would think that that behavior would stop. Right. So I really wonder, is it the pipe or is it the tenant? I don't know. But I do know that somebody here is going to figure it out. Absolutely. Um, and it was kind of, she was so frustrated, wasn't she, the yeah, plaintiff? very much. She so. said, I need it. She was you sick and tired of whining. Pain. Yeah. <laughs> she was sick and tired of sending texts and being patient and sending emails. Right. And she said, sometimes, and I loved the last thing she said, sometimes you just got to get their attention. Right. And she's seeking punitive damages. And the reality is punitive damages are something that judges or juries can give to give you a little bit more than the compensatory damages that you normally get in a lawsuit. They're kind of an unusual remedy. They're and rare. They're rare, yeah. and in, in a lot of jurisdictions, they even require a higher burden of proof of clear and convincing evidence. But in this instance, it might be the only thing that straightens out the behavior or that sends a message, and that's something that you can accomplish with that. Well, that's kind of why I'm deferring ruling. Right. I'm hoping that you the... got the hammer over there. <laughs> <laughs> hanging there. 
business. So they'll be motivated. I hope so. What's the best way to protect yourself from your landlord keeping your security deposit for no good reason? The best way is that when you move in, you take pictures of every little piece of damage inside the unit. When you move out, you take pictures again, and then you can show the landlord the pre-existing damage. You should also clean the place well. If that happens and you're protected, you should get your security deposit back.